0: Hello everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. Today I'm going to be looking up one of my favourite Wiccan authors. Uh, It's actually my second favourite book of hers because she only has two books of non-fiction about neo-pagans. But this is my second favourite and so I'm going to be talking about it to you guys now. It's called The Body Sacred and it is written by Diane Sylvan. I had kind of a brief love affair with Diane Sylvan's books when I was kind of getting back into Wicca after a a long dry spell Uh, this was sort of around the time I was like 16 17 I read her book The Circle Within there's a separate video on that and this is a follow-up to that that I I bought to sort of continue my interest in her writings and I'll also be talking a bit about her as well and her blogs etc so diane sylvan i originally discovered through just the circle within but also through her website at the time which was dancing down the moon which was a blog and has since been um, sort of abandoned and diane sylvan has moved over to just diane sylvan crazy beautiful new blog which is more to do with the writing and is a more professional and less personal sort of thing around the time of that move like 2010-ish she posted a few things about how she was kind of moving away from Wicca how she wasn't really Wiccan anymore but on her new website which I've just checked in with because I didn't really follow it for a while I kind of got out of touch with where she was at religiously uh, she does describe herself as sort of pagan-esque but no longer Wiccan so I suppose This is another lesson in people write books and then those books are static. And if you pick up a book and read it and you think, oh, this is great, this is what that person still believes now. Well, it's been 10 years since that book came out. They probably believe other things. And it's interesting to check back in with them where they are ideas wise, because if that first book inspired you, maybe something else that they've done recently is also quite inspiring. For example, uh, Diane Sylvan's blog talked a lot about Ahimsa, the principles of non-violence, veganism and ecstatic dance and movement as prayer, which are all very interesting topics. And I do encourage you to go and read those blogs. I will link them in the description box because she's a very good writer and there's a lot of humour in what she writes. Which brings us back to The Body Sacred. Like I said, this is the second book that she published. Uh, It's by Llewellyn, like published under Llewellyn. So... That tends to be where I find most of my books. It was printed in 2005 originally, so it's quite older now, but still definitely applies in many, many ways. Although some of the terminology in it is not as inclusive of different gender identities and different sexualities as it potentially could be if it was written now. But it's definitely not in the same category as being transphobic or exclusive as some of the other titles I've looked at. The Body Sacred is what it sounds like it is. It's a book about embracing your own inner sacredness and loving your body and body acceptance. So if you're interested at all in the body positivity movement, um, this is specifically aimed at women, but I suppose a lot of it could be considered universal. Um, This is definitely a, a good book for you because it looks at that from a Wiccan perspective using Wiccan archetypes. What I really like about Diane Sylvan as an author is that she has the rare ability to write books about paganism and wicca of a non-fiction form, but with all of the charisma and passion of of someone writing fiction. It comes across as very personal, like you're just having a one-on-one conversation. It doesn't try to be overly uh, pedagogical or it doesn't try to condescend to you or teach you things it's literally about a sharing of ideas between equals and it feels very much like that and it's very easy to read very easy to get into and enjoy the one thing i would say is that it does contain quite a lot of exercises so the book is broken down into chapters focusing on different archetypes there is a bit of introduction to the archetypes some information and then some exercises and then some further reading So it doesn't break up a lot with exercises, which is one of my pet peeves about book, because I want to be able to read the book and not stop every five minutes to feel like I should do an exercise. But it does have exercises in it, which are very helpful. And I've done quite a few of them. This is probably the only book with those in that I have done some of them. Just to read you a bit from the about this author, about this book section right at the beginning, it says. The Body Sacred is a book about our bodies. It's about how we treat them, or moreover, how we should treat them. It's about what it really means to say, thou art a goddess, and how we can take the thread of that meaning and spin it around our lives to bind up the gaping wounds that society and self-hate have created in our minds, hearts and spirits. This book is written primarily for women, though so I am perfectly aware that men have plenty of body image problems of their own. I, however, am a woman. I can't write a book for men any more than i could write one for baptists i don't have the hubris to pretend i can understand the male perspective except through the lens of my own and it's not exactly the most objective in the world so i really like that and i actually bookmarked this way back when i was reading uh witch by lisa lister because obviously that's way more recently published sort of like 2017 2018 and this came out way 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 ago but this still felt like it was a lot more accepting and a lot less pushing people away and being exclusive than that title was. Although this doesn't mention trans people, it very much just breaks it down into the cis binary of men and women. It was obviously a lot a longer time ago and it doesn't always say things like "Oh, a woman's body is just limited to the women's organs. It's about archetypes that apply to women and they would also apply to trans women so in that way it's a lot easier i think to read it in such a way as it being more inclusive this is sort of carried into the first section called return to the altar so from page 57 there's a note that says the terms masculine and feminine translate into male and female in my own practice but that may not be the case in your own your goddess may in fact be a fierce warrior maid Gender isn't the issue. Finding equilibrium between the two major forces in the universe, however you envision them, is the goal. I come from a fairly traditional god and goddess as equals perspective. So if my saying action is a masculine trait offends you, just remember that energy in and of itself does not have genitals. And that's very much what I mean. It's very much more open and accepting in a way that I think some recent books about Wicca haven't been they've been more focused on it being like a woman thing and that equaling vagina and this kind of takes a step beyond that and is less simplistic in its interpretation which i really liked the book itself is divided into eight sections so at the start you have the fall from grace which lays out the terms of what silverman refers to as the body war it sort of talks about self-esteem and how we are sold products consumerism centering on the beauty industry and plastic surgery things like that Then you have section two, Return to the Altar, which is about sort of bringing it back into a pagan practice and talking about how we view deity and how that is disconnected from how we view ourselves. Then there are the archetypes that are talked about throughout the book that each has its own section. And these are the reflection, the mother, the healer, the lover, the dancer and the crone these are very much like what they say on the tin. It sort of starts off with a definition of what that archetype means to Diane Sylvan, throws in a few ideas about what it could mean to other people and then talks about how we can bring it into our lives and practices and then provides some exercises to work with the archetype, understand it more and then quite a rigorous section on further reading. Just to feed back into what I was saying earlier about it being a lot more open and a lot less dogmatic than some other more modern wiccan books Uh, there's a section in return to the author called the ladies many guises which raises the point that the triple goddess how we usually understand it as the maiden mother and the crone is not the only phases in a woman's life there are many other different things that we do and we've come kind of a long way from the more restricted times that women found themselves in when those were basically the only roles and they were very much defined by who they were living with what their marital status was and whether they could have children Uh, for example from page 53 menage childbirth and menopause are some of the greatest mysteries of womanhood but they are not the only changes that occur in our lives women now have so many more options out in the world we don't go straight from our father's house to our husbands anymore when you leave your parents house and strike out on your own not ready to settle down but no longer a child which of the three do you fit into? What about those of us who don't have any children, or those who have them, and then they grow and leave home, leaving the woman in a state between mother and crone that is neither? The triple goddess paradigm also has a very linear feel to it, as if there is only one order you can go in. It's entirely possible that you never had much of a youth, never felt at all like a maiden. Later, though, you find yourself free in embracing the childlike self you never had a chance to enjoy. Can't you be a maiden then? I think that section just really encapsulates what I love so much about Diane Sylvan as a neo-pagan non-fiction author in that she's willing to look at things and say, actually, just because this is how we're told it is, just because this is what it is in all the books, let's stop and think about it for a moment and really open up to discussing it and looking at it a different way. I think a lot of Wicca books that you get now just kind of retread the same information over and over and over again. It's definitely been my experience while reading to review a lot of Wicca 101 books. They tell you this is and they don't tell you why and they don't tell you how you can interpret it in different ways. And I think Diane Sylvan comes at it from a more philosophical bent, which is really accessible and really friendly to read. uh, But also questions quite a lot of things in a way that feels daring and different when everything is else, else is saying the same thing like the athme means this the chalice means this this is the way we celebrate the sabbaths and this is how we see the gods she's saying well hold up look at this through the lens of modern life and really think about it because it doesn't always have to be like that and I think that is really the core of what if you're practicing wicca specifically as a religion you need to be looking at it like that and viewing it very much as a faith which will enhance your life and help you but also one that you can explore and find your own way in and that's really exciting. And reading her books have really just changed my entire perspective on Wicca and the path that I was following. There are a lot of not esoteric topics that are discussed throughout the book as well. Very practical things from a very feminist perspective. It talks about things like menstrual hygiene products and how to find options that work better with the environment. It talks about how we label people virgins or whores and there it seems to be... No in-between. It talks about practical motherhood, and how that works. And it also deals with some subjects that might be triggering to some people, specifically sexual assault and recounting of personal experiences to do with sexual assault. Go into that forewarned, it is pretty much contained in just one section, which unsurprisingly is the lover section, but um it might be a bit triggering for you if you just find it in there without a warning. This is a great book if you want to get something and work through and do a lot of the exercises it will also send you off in a lot of directions to do a lot more research at the end of each section there are some suggestions questions to consider and things that you might go on to learn about at the end of the healer section for example on page 174 it says uh, suggestions for exploring the healer and then the three points are to make a point about learning about human anatomy so learning how the body works which sounds like a simple thing but a lot of people work healing magic with no idea about what actual ailment they are trying to cure and how it works and things like that also to sit down and make a list of all your health problems and then to list the parts of your body that exactly that work exactly the way they're supposed to um and just to be grateful for the way that your body works and to think about all the ways in which it works for you And then also to find a method of alternate healing and learn something about it. Again, it sounds really simple, but being able to work with that kind of thing also kind of feeds into Wiccan practice as well and can help you in ways additional to Western medicine. So you're kind of covered in three directions, Western medicine, uh, more herbal, holistic medicine and also magic and prayer then there is a recommended reading section not all of the books in these sections are about wicca some of them are about uh, feminism some of them about the dye industry some of them are about in this case herbal healing Um, so it's a real kind of gamut on different things that you can read about So, for example, in this section, you've got Better Basics for the Home, Simple Solutions for Less Toxic Living by Annie Berthold Bond, but also Wheels of Life, a user's guide to the chakra system, and meditation secrets, and things like that. Also suggested are music, uh, different mantras, and things like that that you can buy on CD and listen to, and web resources, which is really interesting. They also sometimes suggest, not in this section, but in others, videos or films. That you can watch, and sprinkled throughout are prayers, poems. It feels very personal. It feels very much like you're reading a journal that someone has written, or a book of shadows that they've written with specific purpose of dealing with the human body and all of the things that that encompasses: life stages, healing, diet industry, all of that stuff, just packed in there. It's a really great book, and if you are going to buy a book about the body about all of those things that i've just mentioned this is definitely a great one to get from a wiccan standpoint i wouldn't say and i'm not going to pretend that it's entirely trans inclusive it's very much written from a cis female perspective because it is so deeply personal but the thing about this book that sets it apart from other books that i've talked about in the past is that the author acknowledges this and says i wrote this book From my own perspective, which is the only perspective I can really write from and you can probably get something out of it, but it's not going to be 100% for you. And that's okay. You can adapt things. You can change things. I'm not the ultimate authority. And in fact, at the beginning in that introduction part that I read a little bit from for you. Um, she says that Wiccan men specifically need to write books for themselves and they need to get out there and write things from a male perspective because the market is kind of saturated in this female perspective which I kind of agree with and I think they if you see a need if you see something that you want to read you should write it if it doesn't already exist that's fundamental to be honest. I just want to end up by saying um, because I'm not going to review it separately because It's not really a witch book, but I thought I'd mention that Diane Sylvan also has a fiction series. They're the Shadow World novels. I was actually really excited to read these when they came out, but they turned out not specifically being my thing. Um, I have a kind of odd relationship with urban fantasy where sometimes I like it and most of the time it's it's not really for me. Um, But I read the first one and I think there are several more in the series now and you can get them online, various places, and they have actually been published as like paper books so you don't have to read them in ebook if you don't want to but it's the Shadow World series and it deals with or at least the first one deals with (laughs) I haven't read the others uh, a lady who finds out that she's kind of like an empath and it's sort of an urban fantasy type series which if you're into that definitely give it a look because it was very well written and had I enjoyed the actual genre more I probably would have really liked it but If you're not going to give the non-fiction books a read, definitely look at the fiction books because they are well-written, but just generally not my thing. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Remember, you can get in touch via Twitter, which is at witchfix, and by email, which is witchfixpodcast at gmail.com. And remember to also go over and give Diane Sylvan's website a look, which is Diane Sylvan Crazy Beautiful. And that's the current website that she's on or you can go and look at the slightly older website which is Dancing Down the Moon which has some of the other stuff about her books and things on it as well. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I'll see you in the next one. Bye!